Welcome to the Women Influencers in Business and CRE podcast. I am Veronica Malalas, CCIM, founder and CEO of Capital Stack Real Estate Group, a commercial real estate company serving the greater Orlando area. Today's guest is Tiffany English, Senior Director Architecture for Qualcomm, the world's leading technology innovator. We spoke about her youth in Vietnam during the fall of Saigon, living all over the world, and eventually building a career in architectural interior design in commercial real estate. You will definitely be inspired by her story. Please don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe below. I welcome your comments and please share with someone who can benefit from this podcast. Good morning, Tiffany. How are you today? I'm great, Veronica. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, thank you. I do know that you are in Pacific time. Would that be California? It is. I'm in San Diego, uh, and I've been in California my entire career. Oh, how wonderful. I love California. San Diego is a beautiful city. So I welcome you to our podcast. And what I'd like to do, Tiffany, if you don't mind, is I want to start with your story. Tell us about how you grew up in your environment and how you got to where you are today. Great. Well, I'll try not to to make it too long of a story, but I was actually going to touch a little bit on, you know, way back when I started. So I'm going to start with, you know, where I was born and how I was raised, because I think it's very integral to, you know, how I, you know, made my way into this career and what part of my my growing up was contributed to the success of that. So I was actually born in um, Saigon, Vietnam um, in 1973. My parents, both who worked for the U.S. State Department, my dad had been in Vietnam for a while, met my mom there. So my dad is actually from Kansas. And then my mom is uh, Chinese, but um, grew up in Vietnam. So they met during the Vietnam War and, you know, basically started a family in Vietnam and my sister and I were both born there. So I am what a lot of people call a third culture kid. There is actually a a, a big group of us all around the world. And what that means is we're children who um, are Americans who've grown up in other cultures. So from Vietnam, we actually left Vietnam and uh, basically from then moved all around the world. So I grew up most of my childhood in Africa, all over, um, Martinia, the Gambia, and Swaziland. And then from there in my pre-teens or teen uh, years lived in Japan, actually met my husband there. We went to the American school together and um, in about in seventh and eighth grade. And then from there, I actually finished high school in New Delhi, India. So I was lucky enough to have that well diverse, rounded perspective that um, growing up in multiple different cultures. But, you know, it, 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 what's interesting is that when I was growing up at that time, I didn't always appreciate. I think the the what I was learning and the benefit of of growing up in in different cultures. But what I think what it did for me was it created this ability for me to remain continually curious, to really desire and and have a need to understand people's stories and to build, you know, learn to build relationships, right? So learning to connect with lots of different people with lots of different perspectives and really understanding how that, that contributes to, you know, uh, innovation and creativity. And so from there, you know, I remember my parents pushing me because I really wanted to stay and go to college in India. So they really pushed me to venture out, needed to go and live in the United States because I really hadn't lived here besides maybe a few months at a time in between posts. 
So I remember them saying, you really should go to the States. So I chose to come to college, you know, go to college here in California. And initially I started at San Diego State and I actually started with a major in photography and a minor in journalism, which, uh, you know, for me, my, my big dream was to work for National Geographic so I could continue that lifestyle of moving around the world and documenting that and sharing that with, with other people. So that was really kind of what my, my dream was at that point. But I think when I got to college, I all of a sudden, like many people, it was exposed to a lot of different things, right? So I started looking into why well, I knew I wanted to be on the creative side. So I started looking into, you know, graphic design and environmental design and interior design and actually chose the path of going to interior design and initially started that way and then moved into kind of the architectural interior design world focused in commercial real estate. So as I started that part of my career, you know, it was, it was, it was, I loved it. I loved it. I enjoyed, you know, working with clients and having something new and learning their stories and what their businesses did. And, and all again, part of, you know, just um, what I, what I grew up with, right. That, that, that desire to be continually curious and and to, to learn. So one of the things that, that I'm going to add a little lesson in here as well is one thing that, that I learned early on in my career was to raise my hand, right. So whenever people would say, oh, there's this, this project and nobody wants to work on it. It's really technical. And I remember I just told myself, raise your hand, right? I was like, I'll do it. I don't know anything about it, but I'll learn it. And I remember that was one way that really helped me learn so much about so many different things that I, I think I just never really thought that I knew, like, I didn't know about, you know, I designed anechoic chambers and, you know, things that maybe some people didn't think were so fun, but what it did was it added more layers of knowledge onto what I was, what I had already learned and allowed me to expand my thought process and my creativity. And I, to this day, I, I always tell people, raise your hand. If, if it seems like a, something hard, and, and I think I mentioned this to you before, if it makes you nervous or scares you, probably need to try it because you're going to learn something new. It means you don't, you're, you have a fear of the unknown. So there's sure. something for you to learn there. So really that has always been a driving force for me, you know? And so I worked at where Malcolm architects for over 20 years, which I immensely enjoyed. Um, I learned so much. The company was so supportive through my career development and, uh, you know, always putting a lot into, you know, making sure that, 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 you know, I was continually growing and, and I wouldn't have traded that in for anything until a client of mine, Qualcomm Technologies, which for many people who don't know what Qualcomm is or, or who, who they are, they're much more integral into your life and, than you think. The whole reason you're able to search the internet on your cell phone is because of Qualcomm. You know, we invented that CNMA technology that allows people to search the internet. Otherwise, we used to just have our flip phones and you would use our phones for just regular phone calls. So. Qualcomm was a client of mine at, you know, when I was at Wear Malcolm for over 15 years. And, you know, just right after COVID, they came to me and, you know, thought that I should, you know, try to come on board. The person that was in my position before was retiring. So I was actually didn't think that that I would make that move because I was, you know, principal at my at Wear Malcolm. And what it came down to is um, this self-awareness. I actually started looking at where I was, you know turning 50 and, you know, where was I in my career and what, what have I learned, you know, recently, what I had decided was it was time for me to, you know, try something new for myself to challenge myself, to do something different. And also I had been mentoring and coaching so many 
young leaders in my office at Where Malcolm. And I thought it would be a great way for me to step aside and let them shine and grow and let me go on and learn something different because it was it was their turn to, you know, to lead. So I really, really looked at it that way and saw it as an opportunity, not only for myself, but for, for my team members at the time and decided to make that switch to Qualcomm. And, you know, now I'm part of their global real estate and facilities group at Qualcomm. My role is global. I oversee the whole globe. I have, uh, you know, over 15 million square feet of real estate and over 30 countries and I enjoy it so much. So uh, it's kind of that that's led me to this path to where I'm at today. Wow. That's an amazing story, especially because you were actually born in Saigon. And, you know, I am just always so curious about wonderful stories like that. It must've been difficult. I mean, your family, you're Americans. And so you were probably helicoptered out of, uh, out of uh, Saigon during the fall of Saigon. Is that correct? It is actually we left in April of 75. And uh, my dad put my mom, my sister and I on a military plane. I think they strapped us to the floor actually, because it wasn't a passenger wow. plane. And we left and actually headed to the Philippines. And I think we stopped in Hawaii and on our way to the States uh, to be with my grandparents. My dad stayed in Vietnam for a little while after that you know, and then, then left we, I mean, we really left with, you know, one suitcase, actually, my parents still have that suitcase. My dad, the story goes, he actually wrote my grandparents address on the front of the suitcase and asked somebody to get it to my grandparents' home. And that's really all we left with. And my parents loved Vietnam, often say that if the war had turned out differently, they probably would have stayed and I would have grown up in Vietnam, which I always think is, you know, an an interesting idea and an alternate universe maybe. So I think that it's, it's, you know, my parents have always instilled in us that, you know, we, we just keep going. We keep, we'll always, you know, make things work as long as, you know, you, you know, you, you stay together. So yeah, it's, it was, it was, uh, an interesting, interesting times. Um, obviously I was very young, so I don't remember everything, but it's funny every once in a while, I, I remember smells and, and certain things and, you know, my parents telling us these stories. So, uh, it's, oh, which that's is great. Mm-hmm. That, that that's really, uh, something so unique. I mean, many Americans have never experienced anything like you've experienced. And so I'm always so appreciative whenever I hear somebody's story like yours. And speaking of challenges, I mean, you've been through so much. And I'm sure that just like every woman who is possibly listening out there and and every man, very possibly, have some sort of challenge that they overcame. So you want to talk a little bit about maybe one particular challenge that comes to mind and, and how you overcame that? Well, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I, 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 when you and I talked before, I mentioned there's quite a few challenges I could talk about because I'm sure we all have, you know, multiple challenges over the course of our lives and careers. And so, you know, I think I'm going to talk about one, I think that had a very, was one of the most impactful challenges, but also for me, one of the most impactful learning experiences, you know, in the course of my career and my life. Right. So, you know, there was, there was a time just, uh, in about, I think it was about two in the early two thousands, I had relocated to Sacramento for my company. Um, at the time we were opening an office up there and I had two children under the age of five. I think they were actually under the age of four. My husband was commuting to San Francisco. So we had a lot going on in our lives, you know, just juggling kids, opening that office, my, you know, my husband also, you know, having a long commute. 
And at that time, and in the place I was in my career, and I know we all evolve as we go through our careers, I was probably, you know, close to 10, maybe eight years into my career at that time. And there was a place, I think, in in my head and my heart that, you know, I, I felt like this need to do it all by myself, because it would be the only way that I'd ever be validated for all the work that I do. And I, and I think a lot of women go through this, right? Like you think I have to do it all myself. I can't ask for help because then it'll be seen as a weakness, right? And, and I won't be recognized for, so really, I think there was this, this moment, and this is where crew commercial real estate women also came into my life. And a lot of crew women, if anyone listens to this, they know this story because I've, I've talked about it before, um, is that there was a, a member of crew that actually lifted their hand out to me and said, you know, you don't have to do this all alone. There's other people who live this life and know what it's like and have shared experience with you. And I remember I took the opportunity to be confidently vulnerable, right? Which I think I was always, there was always a fear about being vulnerable or, you know, showing that, that, that you needed help. So I took that moment to, to take her hand and, and all of crew. And it really introduced me to one that there is a network of people out there, whether for me, it's crew. And I always think you should always find your number one network. And then there you can network in all the other locations too, and all the other organizations. But I really think that having a network of, of, a shared experience really made me realize I don't have to do it alone and, wow. and being able to ask for help. And I think those are two key things that I learned during that time with crew's help and the women in crew um, and men, because there's men that belong to crew as well, you yeah. know, having sponsors and allies. So, you know, that, that was a really key moment for me to realize that it, it just freed me in many ways. Sure. And speaking of crew, I'm sure that you had exercised quite a bit of influence as well. And oftentimes we as leaders don't really think about this, but in as much as we are benefiting from our network, we are also giving. So talk a little bit about um, some kind of influence or the one thing that comes to mind as far as how you've influenced either your environment, culture of an organization, or even just you know, just maybe a person. So I'd be curious to find out about that. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I think through, throughout my life and my career, there's, there's been certain people that, that, you know, come along and, and, you know, obviously I'm, you know, great, super grateful for my parents, for what they've taught me over, you know, the course of my life and my husband for his partnership and and support, which is key. I think that's, you know, having a partner or some, you know, a, a good you know, home base or family base is, is, is important as well. But, um, the, the women and crew that I've met, um, over the years and, and, and for me being a part of crew is about giving back. Right. So all the help that I received early on in my career, I am trying to give back in, you know, tenfold as much as I can. But, um, there's been people like, even like Wendy Mann, who is the CEO of crew network. I am, and eternally grateful for her for instilling confidence in me when I joined the board at Crew, and just her her encouragement to continually grow, right? And 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 that aligned with my values already, right? Staying curious, um, and then you know I think in my business when I was at Wearmel, um, I was lucky enough to have a sponsor at the at a higher level, like um you know um, his name was actually Matt Brady, and he was the VP, and now he I think he's an executive level as well, and I still stay in contact with him. But having a sponsor along the way that was supportive and helping me um, learn and grow within my career, so I think those influences again all come about by asking for 
that connection, right? Asking for that help, um, making that connection, um, building those trusted relationships, which uh, is 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 very important. And then listening and learning, and then taking that and leading, right? Like, I think we as you know, you and I talked about this collaboration in you know connecting with other people. You're much and you have a stronger network. You're much more likely to be successful because it's okay to go to somebody. Like I know I can call a crew member and say, can you explain this to me? I was in this meeting and I don't know what this means. Right. So you have that ability to be vulnerable. Um, but you know, learn to build confidence and build strong relationships. Right. But, um, was there one particular thing or program that you had an influence on others? And it's, it's awesome how others have influenced you to be able to give back, but does something come to mind perhaps that, that you have been able to make an impact on yourself? Yeah, I think, you know, just uh, there's been, you know, with the self, you know, if self-awareness is is a huge part. And I actually went through executive coaching as well, which I, you know, think was an amazing part of um, my career development. But, you know, self-awareness is one of those things that I think you know, I think people have a, sometimes have a hard time facing who they are, right? And I think learning sure. your strengths and weaknesses is a really important part of growth. So that kind of, you know, influences how you grow in your career. So I think being self-aware and getting to know who you are and being able to continue to work on those things as as you evolve in your career is is, is very important. And for me, it's, uh, you know, as I mentioned before too, it's the you know, if it makes you nervous or uncomfortable, you definitely want to give it a try because it means you got something to learn. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's part of that, you know. Awesome. Awesome. And um, so if you can sum up maybe one piece of advice, right. That you could give to our listeners today, what would that be? There, well, there's lots of advice, but I think I'll use this. Actually, I will use a a quote that I love from John Kabat-Zinn. And I know some people have heard me say this before, but I I fully and 100% embrace, you know, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. And what I mean by that is, is that life and career and everything will continue to, you can't, you can't plan it all the time to be perfect. So what you can do though, is you can learn to be flexible and agile and, you know, vulnerable and, and all those things and learn to ride the waves, you know? So I think, uh, you know, and part of, you know, doing that is just always being continually curious and, and seeking out the knowledge that you need to, to, can, to be the best version of yourself. Wow. I love that. I love that, Tiffany. So we've actually come to the part of the podcast where you get to ask me a question. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So please go ahead. All right, Veronica, I was going to ask you similar to the, you know, to what I've been talking about, what have you learned about yourself through the course of your career and something that you continually, you know, want are, are always working on, right. And trying to, to make sure that you, you embrace and um, as part of your values and your priorities. Sure. And, and thanks for the question. I really just pondered on that. And the answer would be that I realized that most barriers are often self-imagined. Oh, a lot of that. times, yeah, a lot of times we think to ourselves, no, I can't do that. Or yeah. I could never penetrate that circle or I can never get that client. The word never should 
should never exist in your <laughs> mindset. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, because oftentimes I think, even as women, we imagine certain things. And so like what you've covered through the interview, you've talked about working harder because we want to prove ourselves. But oftentimes those barriers could just be self-imagined. And so that's what I learned early in my career that I need to be bold. I need to ask for help. And all the things that you've talked about, Tiffany, I totally 100% agree with you. Because as young people, and hopefully we have some young listeners that are tuning in, that they would really realize very early on in their lives and in their careers that you just need to convince yourself that it's okay to be different it's okay to ask for help because most people do want to give their assistance to you. Most people do, especially yeah. here in the United States. I say Absolutely. that because I'm an immigrant. You're not an immigrant because you're an American citizen. You were born of an American father, even though you lived in, you know, in Vietnam. But myself, I'm, I'm an immigrant. And so it, it is hard to rebuild a network every time you move and you start questioning yourself all the time. So yes, it is important for us not to imagine some of the barriers. They exist, but oftentimes we stop ourselves because we convince ourselves that they're impenetrable. So that's my answer to that question. And let me tell you, Tiffany, this was such a delight. I appreciate you so much for telling your story. I think everyone has a different and unique story and certainly yours has been. So do you have some parting words for our audience before we say sure. goodbye? Yeah. And thank you so much, Veronica, for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I think my parting words are enjoy the journey and the process and make sure you're learning about yourself and everyone in the world around you along the way. And then that will make it just your intentions behind everything you do will just be so much more positive. So I, you know, I encourage everyone to go out there and raise their hand and uh, break down those barriers and don't be your own barrier. So, you know, um, so yeah, thank you so much. And, and I appreciate it. And thank you to all those who might be listening. Yes. And thank you, Tiffany. I really appreciate you gracing our podcast today. I think you're a fabulous lady. Congratulations on all your success. And I'm sure there's going to be more in store for you. So you serve as an inspiration. So for that, we are grateful. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you. Thank you.